0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the post-Christmas, pre-New Year's, last Two Bucks for <laughs> podcast of 2023. I am your co-host, Rusty Buckets, checking in once again from Martin, Tennessee, home of Skyhawks, where it is a bit chilly here. Drew, uh, welcome to the podcast, sir. My esteemed, infamous colleague, Drew Gann, on the podcast tonight. How are you, sir?
1: What is up, Buckets? Uh, I'm here in North Mississippi, the homeland, God's promised land here just south of where you're at, across the border into Mississippi, uh, it is chilly here. It's one of those day. It's been one of those days where if the wind would stop, boy, it'd just be great. But the wind's a little nippy, as Clark uh, Griswold once said. And so uh, we're hanging down. Uh, we're holding down the fort here in North Mississippi. We had a good Christmas. Uh, I told you last week. I Christmas was over, and I was like, all right. Let's get back into a routine. Let's uh, let's get back to work. Let's uh, let's start to have some patterns about our day. My wife looked at me today. I came home for lunch, and she's a school teacher, so she's out for another week. And she just looked at me and she said, uh, "Hey, honey, what day is it?" I'm like, uh, Wednesday." Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, We're talking about to that today to work. at work.
0: Yeah, we're talking about that today at work. I couldn't make up my mind if it was Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. Nobody really knew. We just knew it was a day, and we were at work. And so yeah, um, and it's
1: weird because like we had. We had Monday and Tuesday off since Christmas mm-hmm. fell on a Monday. Instead of having Friday, Monday, we had Monday, Tuesday. And so like all week last week, like it wasn't up until about Tuesday or Wednesday that I even realized I had to work Friday. Yeah. And so <laughs> yeah, yesterday
0: was a little weird. But yeah. But we're here. Yeah. But we're here. We're we're in this thing and your Memphis Grizzlies in the new NBA basketball season are now four and O. All the other games don't count. Jaron was walking through the tunnel last night flashing that 4-0, 4-0, 4-0. Cause yeah. one Demetrius Jamel Morant is back playing professional basketball and cooking folks. Uh yeah. you sent me that link today on Twitter, which was absolutely hilarious. Um, about what the New Orleans Pelicans call John Morant, my dad.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, it was a good game. And you know, and uh, my wife and I, we, well, we all as a family started watching the game, and then it became, became bedtime, so we migrated <laughs> down to the bedroom to watch the, the last of the game. And so as it was shaking out in the fourth quarter, you know, you're down by 15 going to the fourth quarter. And I was like, this feels like the last game. And then you start chipping away and chipping away and chipping away. And I was like, now this really feels like the Jaws' first game of the year. All the way to the point to where a tie ball game or down by one and jaw drops to the basket with a chance to win. And I was like, this is the exact same play. they threw it in the back court just mm-hmm. like they did last week uh last Tuesday, um, yeah, last Tuesday, and uh he threw it in the back court, got a full head of steam, went to the rim uh just this time he missed and uh got found. there was a whole hoopla and there was the last two minutes of that game took. 45 minutes.
0: My gosh.
1: Yeah. And with it was just replay and, and yes. replay after replay. And uh, Jaron missed the second half of two free throws. The second one would have won it for the Grizzlies, but they hung on in overtime. And uh, just like you said, they're 4-0. Like, yeah. They don't seem to lose mm-hmm. when they're playing with John Morant. And so it's they're going to face their biggest test tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, you know? for sure. Uh, because you go – And I believe it's at Denver. Denver. Uh, You play the defending champions in the Mile High City, but there's a chance that we lose tonight. But it does tomorrow night. But it does not affect Jaws' record, right? Right. Because on the injury report, he is Mm -hmm. questionable to play tomorrow night due to illness. I think that they are doing this. They're like, oh well, we've got to. Our goal now is to let John Morant be undefeated. So uh, we're just not going to let him play at Mm -hmm. Denver. (laughs) <laughs> or we'll probably lose anyways. Right. Yeah. You know, preserve Jaws perfect record despite the Grizzlies yeah. overall.
0: You know, it was top to bottom, a, a great team effort, particularly the second half. You know, it's the second time in a week we've been down double digits at New Orleans and came back in one. We were down 17 last night and it just never really looked like we got rattled. We weren't playing great there for a while. We finished 29, 23% from three last night, just wasn't shooting the ball exceptionally well. But we just kept chipping away, making those hustle plays, making those. uh, You know, Marcus Smart was, we were talking about him earlier, was very pesky last night. Right. Right in the
1: fourth quarter in overtime. Yeah. Just he hit big shots and on defense he was an absolute menace
0: and same with Vince Williams man like you know we've got the the grandfather and the grandson now the grandson of Tony yeah. Allen Vince Williams jr man just stepping up making play after play especially like there was a stretch in the fourth quarter where I saw it on Twitter today I meant to send it to you it was like eight or twelve plays in a row that were made either by Marcus Smart or Vince Williams and they influenced it somehow whether it was a steal or assist or a deflected pass or forcing a turnover down the stretch like those guys stepped up in a major way and to see marcus hit that big three when ja hit that cross court pass uh, yeah. and he splashed that in the corner to the oop that marcus uh smart through ja and ja hit the little the little cell the little celly that's been talked about all day that's oh just strictly gosh. just a new orleans dance it was a it was an lsu new orleans dance that he was doing in new orleans to rub it in new orleans face that he just bodied him you know what i
1: mean yeah yeah, it was, a, it was a very nice game. I mean, uh, we've kind of got a a trend going here that I, I wish that maybe it's just New Orleans because the other two games we've won and won pretty handedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but going to New Orleans, in, uh, they kind of book in this first four-game stretch with Ja. Uh, both kind of had the same kind of pattern where you got out to a lead in the first quarter, but then the Grizzlies were outscored by 18 points in the second and third quarter combined to go into the fourth quarter being down by 13 points. Um, and then obviously tied it in the fourth quarter and then ended up winning by one point late. It was really four points because CJ McCollum, CJ McCollum, a former certified Grizz killer hit a meaningless three as the time expired. Mm -hmm. Um, I just need to talk about CJ McCollum for a minute. Cause I've been, I've spent my whole life, you know, you grow up and you're just like, nothing is scarier than the boogeyman. Like he's in my bed. He's under my bed. He's in my closet. Like you're scared of the boogeyman. And then you find, you just wake up one day and you're, you know, 13, 14 years old. And you're just like, you know what? That's, that was really stupid of me. There's obviously no such thing as a boogeyman. And that's yeah. kind of what we found out that CJ McCollum was all this time. It was like, yeah, yeah he's, He's really not that bad because in back-to-back games, you're talking about how the the first Pelicans game and the last Pelicans game mirror-imaged each other so much. In both of those games, C.J. McCollum forgot how to shoot in yeah. the crunch time. He could have won both of those games with a shot in both games. He has missed threes worse than any I've ever seen him miss, including missing two free throws late in that game last night. And they like one hit the front end of the rim and one hit the back right portion of the rim and didn't even bounce towards the basketball court. He missed it so bad, like mm-hmm. just an absolute buffoonery from mm-hmm. C.J. McCollum. Uh, and that's you know that just goes to show you that's that's what happens when you play daddy. You know, yeah, that's like, it. You, you know I think to this day I probably couldn't beat my dad in in hoops just because it's psychological. When right. you play your when you play your dad or your big brother, it's, it becomes psychological. It's like yeah tennessee playing florida it's like they'll never beat florida they sh- why would we you know yeah,
0: 100 so. percent. and you know drew we can talk about this some more too but like josh first week back he was the nba player of the week i mean yeah. stepped in and made an immediate impact and if he had only been suspended for 24 i think he'd be one of the top boat getters for the nba all-star team and for a, a plethora of you know nba and postseason awards but he can't win yeah it any doesn't of any
1: it doesn't matter for all-star game, right? Mm, I mean, I think, I'm sure voters and because that is voted on by the public and by yeah. the, the coaches but they can make of him ineligible
0: because of his suspension, just like he has for post awards. Yes. Yeah.
1: I don't think that the number of games matter, uh, for it, it. There's a rule for it, I guess for postseason awards. I don't think there's a rule for it for, uh, for NBA all-star. Cause for instance, you remember, like LeBron missed a ton of the first half of a season mm-hmm. one year, and Steph. But the the fan they're so popular amongst fans that they win the fan vote every year, to, to, despite whether they play or not. Anthony mm-hmm. Davis has done it before, just because the Lakers fan is so uh, ginormous, you know, yeah. the fan base. I- and so I don't think he'll be I I don't. The only way he could possibly be an All Star is to have like a landslide <laughs> fan vote. Because yeah. that's only part of it. Really, the yeah. fan vote only decides the starters.
0: Because what I was uh, thinking of is the is the rest rule. Like because there's so, only so many games that you can rest and miss and still be an yeah. all star and eligible for that sort of stuff. I know that the season was the suspension was too long for postseason awards like MVP or DPOI or anything like that. And I'll
1: and I'll tell you, like I don't think Josh should be an all star. And the yeah. reason why I think Josh should not be an all star is because I think Desmond Bain should, and you're not getting both. And mm-hmm. so every vote that should be that would have been placed for John Morant by fans, they should place that vote for Desmond Bain. Don't mm-hmm. it, put Desmond Bain in the All Star. He probably doesn't have enough to to win a fan vote to get a starting spot. I could I would bet my house on it. But the voter turnout should come and it should be overwhelming for
0: Desmond yeah. Bain. He
1: oh, should be an All Star. He should yes. be he should be a coach's selection for for a bench spot in the All Star game.
0: And what's wild is there are people that are still saying that he is not a – like a max contract player, that he was not worth that max deal well, that we gave him.
1: He like- is a max contract player. You know why I know that? Because he got a max contract.
0: You know? <laughs> but I was, reading, I was reading on Twitter.com and people were talking about – like there was just these uh, – a lot of the Grizz Twitters were eviscerating these guys. They were posting on there that like still Desmond Bain is not a max contract player clearly tell me that you don't watch enough basketball because any game you watched of desmond Bain, particularly of late the guy is absolutely lethal when he put matthews on roller skates broke both ankles and both knees the other night just with that little filthy hezzy watch him hit these deep threes game after game he's stepping up and he's he's, you know we weren't losing in spite of desmond Bain's best efforts you know he in, in a you know in a game earlier this year he tied for second for the most points in franchise history. The guy is worth every penny that we spent on him and he's only getting better. He's still young. He's still got a lot of good basketball ahead of him. He's only getting better. He slimmed up a lot this year. Him and David Roddy both clearly spent time with the nutritionists and a, and a health coach to try and you know improve their bodies so that they could really push it this year. And it shows he's knocking so, down shots and being athletic and driving and he's not getting hurt. If he can stay healthy, man, like he is, he is the 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 sky's the limit this season for Desmond and, Bain.
1: And what's unfortunate about the All Star game situation is for Grizzlies fans, like you, you don't get the casuals. You know, everybody knows Ja, obviously, and everybody seems to respect Jaron now because he won Defensive Player of the Year. But the casual NBA fan is not familiar with Desmond Bain. But Desmond Bain is currently averaging 25 points per game. That's 18th in the, or 16th in the NBA in a per game basis. He is shooting, uh, he's playing 35 minutes a game. He's played 28 games. He is shooting 46% from the field, 38% from three and 86% from the free throw line. And that three point percentage is going to go up. That's, that's low for him. So he's got a serious chance of being a 50, 40, 90 guy. Uh, it has not necessarily reflected towards wins, but that's a roster construction thing. You yeah. know, when you've when you're so top heavy, the the Lakers never win without LeBron, the Warriors never win without Steph. You know, these the the Sixers, God help them, if they ever lose Embiid or the Bucks ever lose yeah. Giannis, yeah, and so just when you've got all that money tied up in a superstar or three superstars then the rest of your bench suffers. And so uh, Desmond Bain was allowed to blossom into for – for for real NBA fans who really want to pay attention to the game and watch all games, they will know what Desmond Bain is and how mm-hmm. important he was to this team. Because without Bain and Ja, I mean, we're looking like the Detroit Pistons.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um... And also without aggressive Jaron Jackson Jr. because last night down the stretch in the fourth quarter and overtime he kind of took that game over especially when they you know they started putting smaller players on him and defending him like Jaron stepped up and showed that he is a killer like when Jaron takes over a ball game he is a matchup nightmare because he's too big for a five or he's too quick for a five he's too big for a three. Fours often can't keep up with him either. He truly is a unicorn. I mean, the guy can shoot from deep. He can he can stretch the floor. He can post up. And last night down the stretch, he only finished with 19. It's kind of a pedestrian line uh, for him, especially as of late. You know, it's the first time we didn't go 30-20-20 in our big three since Jock ja came back in those right. four games. But. He had some clutch buckets. You know, he missed the back half of that the, of those free throws, but he sunk that first one to tie the to tie the ball yeah. game.
1: And he short-armed sh- the second one. And he I mean, did. He did. He got a little tight.
0: But he made up for it in, in overtime. And because right. there was about four straight possessions where he poured buckets in because they didn't have an answer for him. And aggressive Jaron Jackson Jr. is what makes us better. Jai's great, and I think Jai's facilitating a lot of this growth of Jaron Jackson Jr. But as long as Tripp stays aggressive like this, we're going to be a tough out down the stretch.
1: Well, and the thing about Jaron is is his personality kind of reminds me of like a marcus Gasol personality and for for people who have just started keeping up with the Grizzlies just because we talk about them all the time or or only hear about the Grizzlies from us, mm-hmm. then you this won't make any sense to you, but just bear with me, but Marcus Saul was the anchor of a defa- of the one of the greatest defenses in in basketball for several years uh, defensive player of the year and offensively he was extremely skilled but he was he was so passive he took he he was kind of that european style this isn't jaron but mark was such that european style you think of the popovich spurs where it was always uh them is greater than me you know find the better shot don't look for your own shot and for teams that a lot of times when you're playing with guys like tony allen and james ennis and a bunch of you know, not very good offensive players, we really needed Mark to step up and he just continued to play the offense and wouldn't put his foot down and say, I'm the alpha, I'm the best shot maker, I'm seven foot tall, I'm going to shoot. It was mind numbingly
0: frustrating. Right.
1: And so that's kind of what what the Grizzlies fans think of when they have see Jaron is like Jaron, you are tall, long armed, and can shoot. Can handle the ball, can finish with both hands in traffic at the rim, like just be ask for it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I get wanting him to do that. However, what when you've got somebody like Ja who's so ball dominant, you've got options that it allows a more free flowing. Like there's more options to score on this team than there ever was with any team that Mark Gasol was on. Mm-hmm. You know, on those on our favorite teams. You know, you had. Zebo on the po- on the block. He,
0: he can yeah. score two ways. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A fadeaway and, had, and that little hook.
1: You had an undersized point guard mm. and then you had Mark. And and so what Jaron does and, and what he is so good at and I've heard the stats, I can't I'm going to paraphrase them uh but isolation buckets. He leads the NBA in efficiency when it comes to isolation buckets and so when he gets ahead of steam and can get in the paint and work one-on-one he is getting his shot every time and he is making it or he's getting fouled or both and so that's what they got into when it came to crunch time the pelicans are extremely extremely vulnerable to folks like jerry jackson because their two big guys are zion williamson and Jonas valanciunas Jonas valanciunas grizzlies fans love He was one of us for several years. But even then, we knew what his weakness was, and he's kind of a boat anchor on defense. He needs Mm -hmm. to be in front of the basket. He doesn't move very well laterally or doesn't move his feet extremely well to stay in position. And so that is a Jared Jackson Jr. recipe. And when it came down to it, they were subbing out Zion Williamson when it came down to crunch time, and there was like a a dead ball in between every single uh, play because it was fouls and whatnot and every single time they would sub out zion williamson and bring in dyson daniels and at that point when you've got a guy like john ja morant who is as as much of a highlight factor he is and as fun as he is to watch with the ball in his hands he is equally as smart when it comes to playing basketball and just savvy and iq and he knew immediately he was like all right we're going to jaren you remember last tuesday jaws first came back he had nine seconds on the clock, and Ja was like, we need to go to Jaren, and everybody's like, nah, man, this is your moment. Mm-hmm. But he knows where that weakness is at, and so, yes, I would love for Jaren to call for the ball more, but I kind of default that to Ja a little bit, too. He is, def—he is. whereas Mark, he had the cachet. He at, His pecking order on that roster lineup was number one if he wanted the ball, uh, especially... As Zebo as the years went on further down the grit and grind age, you know, as grit and grind got a little older, mm-hmm. Arkansas got a little higher up because Zebo kind of started going down just a little bit, especially in Fizdale years. And that's a that's a podcast of itself. Mm-hmm. You want some rage. Uh and so Mark should have demanded it. That's what Mark yeah. should have done. Jaron doesn't have to because he can default to Jaw. Ja is the first superstar that the city of Memphis has ever had. Right. And so he defaults to Ja, And I get that. And I like that everybody plays in their role and they seemingly mesh together really well. And when Ja when Jaron's moment was needed last night, he stepped up and he stepped Mm -hmm. up big. And Jaron's biggest thing that he's always been knocked on is foul trouble. We're working on second year here. Where he has virtually stayed out of foul trouble, he's averaging 32 minutes a game right now for the Grizzlies. Yeah. He's on the court, it's huge. Yeah. and when you're when he's on the court, you see what happens. He wins Defensive Player of the Year, and he the offense has another option that just cannot be guarded.
0: Right. Yeah. For sure. And then. <clears throat> Uh, you know, you talk about Mark, you're right, because he would try and default to guys that he didn't that he didn't need to. We needed Mark to be that killer that Jaren can be and that Mark could be at times. There's nothing more frustrating than that. But what's funny, you talk about like role players here, like seeing guys step up. Like John has made everybody better except for one lottery pick that we'll talk about at some point, I'm sure, with Zaire Williams. and yeah, just like it's, well, it's bad. He's bad. He's
1: well, bad. Well, and like I said, roster <laughs> management – has become a lot harder with max contract guys. Mm -hmm. And he, if you can capitalize in the draft, it means more for teams that have max guys than anybody else. Sure. Because they're the most reasonably reasonable contracts on your team.
0: Sure. hundred percent.
1: They're always more reasonable than free agents.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, except for like league minimum guys. And so you're playing Zaire for two reasons right now. One, you're still down Marcus smart you're still down Luke Kennard and two maybe he can play one good game that you can put on film and when because they're going to need to make a move
0: yeah you know we a need to make it for you sure need,
1: somebody out there needs to see that that Zaire Williams has a pulse
0: yeah because like you see on Twitter all these these trade scenarios where we trade Zaire for a good piece back but like Nobody's going to do that because he's, tr- he's trash right now. He had two points in 12 minutes last night and multiple turnovers, and which yeah. is not – he was just a non-starter last night. Well,
1: there's this thing, and I can't remember who – I want to say maybe it was John Hollinger, who is now of the Athletic, but he, he was a front office guy at the Grizzlies for a long mm-hmm. time during the grit and grind era. And he – I'm going to attribute it to him, and I hope if I'm wrong that somebody catches me and, and corrects me. But I believe it was John Hollinger who wrote about this because he started uh, – he started his career as a journalist. You know, he mm-hmm. was an ESPN. He was a, an, a, the, one of the first analytics guys in basketball. And the Grizzlies took him out of an analytics position at ESPN, I think, and put him into a front office role to use his algorithms or whatever. And he talked about the second draft. And mm-hmm. so when you look at guys like Zaire Williams, he was one of the youngest dra- draft drafted players of that class. And so you, what you look for is a lot of times at the front of the draft, you have bad teams that are poorly managed, that are poorly run, that are developed players poorly. Look at Denver, okay? Mm-hmm. So say Denver last year, they drafted Jay Nivey with the third, fourth, fifth pick, something like that, and he'll be on a four-year contract. And say Denver, he never does anything with Denver, he makes it through his contract, and they're like, ah, we're not going to re-up with you. All these other teams looking around, and this is what I hope for with Zaire, is that they they look around and be like, we saw that guy. He had a ton of promise in college. He's got the frame. He's a good kid with a good hand on his shoulder and seems to, you know, seems to work hard. So we're going to give him a shot. And when he when his contract expires or they trade for him or whatever, and they're like, it's almost like the second draft. That's what mm-hmm. they call it, second draft. And so you know, you look at you you just kind of take a bet that the other team didn't know what they're doing, and the player is still 21, 22, 23 years old with plenty of time to develop and flourish under your leadership. And that's mm-hmm. what you kind of hope when you see guys like uh, Laravia mm-hmm. and Zaire Williams and. You know, is probably too old, but, you know, David Roddy, that's certainly what uh, what the Philadelphia 76ers thought when they just picked up Kenny Lofton for a two-way mm-hmm. deal. They mm-hmm. think that, well, we can do it,
0: you know. So, somebody hopefully somebody will take that same flyer on Zaire and give us something good in return because we do need a little bit of help. We still need a little bit of wing help. Definitely need some help in the post, you know. Um, X is, you know, this is a pro Xavier Tillman podcast, but is he a guy that can help you in a late playoff run?
1: I seem to think that he is more beneficial in those. He he has shown in for two years now that he's more beneficial in the postseason. I guess you're right. That's very true because without you know?
0: without o last year, he played some big minutes for us.
1: Yeah. And so uh, trade deadline approaching, you know, we'll we'll talk. Uh, well, I guess it's not approaching anytime soon, but as the, we start talking about the Grizzlies more, we start identifying some different mm-hmm. things that we as nobodies think that the Grizzlies should do just as fans, you know, yeah. and I think they need to make a trade for a big, and I think that they are going to have to do like one of those two-for-one or three-for-two kind of things where where we're, we're giving away more players than we're receiving because you're going to have to make room for uh, guaranteeing Vince Williams contract because he he's can only play to fifty games.
0: Gonna have to do that. And he's so you're gonna and, have
1: you're gonna have to open up a roster
0: spot for Vince Williams. And you know, it's looking more and more like after the first of the year, we might get Brandon Clark back. You know, yeah. he's looking good in IG on IG, and he's, still he's on, rehabbing.
1: Like, he's still on the active roster. you know, he's still taking up a right. roster spot too. Right. So
0: And so he's a guy, you know, we've talked about him as a possible trade piece, and he may be but he also is a big that we can use because he's played some big minutes for us and got us yeah, some, big boards, really some big boards down. really in puts position downs.
1: to trade bigs at this right. time. Right, and know? so
0: we yeah, so we need to trade some some wing players or some guards for a big. I don't know, man. Like just watching him start getting some of that bounce back, it's been good for my soul to see Brandon Clark starting to get healthy because I, I'm just a I'm a big Brandon Clark fan. He seems like a good dude. He's got a good head on his shoulders. He's a hustler. You know, he's not, his game is very two dimensional. He gets rebounds and he dunks. That's about it. But, man, mm-hmm. some of those points are, are big. Those highlights are fun. I just, he's a guy that's easy to root for. And so I hope BC's continue to make that good recovery. You know, again, there's been a few videos that have floated out on IG of him bouncing back. But, man, wouldn't he help us in the post right now? With especially like like a lineup with him at a five and uh, Jaron at four. Then you got Marcus Dez and Ja. Like that's, you talk about a lineup of death, man. That's some athleticism that you're going to have a hard time with.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about how he could help us if he's healthy, you know. And so I think they'll take their time getting him back, and and hopefully, you know, best case scenario, he can come back All Star break or MLK Day or you know, somewhere around in there, and he can start getting his sea legs back, and maybe by postseason, he's he's really close to healthy. I mean, yeah. we'll see. You know, Aaron Rodgers kind of showed that, and he from an. Early career, so 40% of me thinks that Aaron Rodgers is full of crap, yeah. and he was never planning on playing anyways. He can say he's queer if he wants to, but I think it may have been a little bit of publicity stunt too. So, yeah. you know, Aaron Rodgers thinks he knows better than everybody, and so he Always. wasn't going to – I mean, what kind of player says – if the Jets can go to the playoffs, I'll come back. Like that's yeah. a loaded bet, you well, know. Like, yeah. Without they wow. weren't going to the playoffs. They weren't
0: sniffing the playoffs. No, not even <laughs> so. close. No way. <laughs> yeah, yet. but
1: I tell you right now, Rusty, if I win the lottery, I'll buy you a truck. You know, <laughs> sounds good. Yeah, that's the same you kind bank of problem. On that. Yeah, <laughs> man,
0: I almost started looking at colors right now. Um, but yeah, our best basketball is ahead of us. Analytics show that we're going to go fifty-seven and zero down the stretch. We'll never lose again. We'll finish as the two or three seed in the Western Conference, and we'll be right back where we yeah. were. Well, but when reality actually, sits in, so, we've got some yeah. we got some we got a tough schedule ahead of us. Then it starts tomorrow night at Denver. That'll be a great test, you know, no job, but it'll be a great test of where we are. Um and then it doesn't get real easy. We've got a few some big road games coming up. Um I'm pulling yeah, up our schedule so, right here. I,
1: I actually was going there, so I've got it there pulled you. up. So, you know, the first four games for Johns you had uh, uh ended games but on the road at the pelicans and in the middle you had a home game against the pacers and a road game against the hawks and so it's not exactly a daunting schedule although yeah. the hawks and the the pelicans have pretty good records they were just yeah. good matchups for the grizzlies as well right but then you're going to go to denver to the clippers and then home against the kings and then um
0: then the calendar turns it's, over. Yeah, then
1: calendar turns over, and you got Spurs at home, Raptors at home, at Lakers. The,
0: yeah, then there's a so. stretch there. Lakers, Suns, Mavs, Clippers, and then I'm going to be at that game on the 13th. I surprise my nephews again every year for Christmas. More of a Christmas present for me than them. I oh, yeah. we'll always get them Grizz tickets. We're going mm-hmm. to that Knicks game on Saturday the 13th. Oh, that's a
1: good game. So you yeah.
0: get to see Jalen Brunson, get to see the Grizz. It'll be a fun night. Uh, yeah. Super stoked about that.
1: Yeah, so this stretch here – at Nuggets, at Clippers, uh, home against the Kings on New Year's Eve. That's a stretch where you're really going to see kind of where you shake out mm-hmm. in the Western Conference. You know, if you can go win two of those games, assuming yeah. Job plays tomorrow night, you go win two of the three games, you know, two road games against Denver and the Los Angeles Clippers and, and at home against the Kings. If you win two of those three games, man, there yeah. there is no real... Um, you're you're just really fighting against time at that point. Mm-hmm. You just hope you have time to, to get in, you, right. need. you know, yeah. because and, and honestly, there's nothing's going to stop you if you can if you can barring injuries right. if you can win two of these next three games. We're Conference five games.
0: Ah. We're 5 games out of the play in. Like we're right in the thick of this yeah. thing. Like we're I not going to I
1: was going to reset that as well. We're not, kind of we're not an we're,
0: afterthought like we were. Like, yeah. I, I'll let you get to it in just a second. Like, just like a week or two ago, right before Jock ja came back, ESPN had us at less than a 1% chance yeah. of making the playoffs. And, and shocker, that's analytics. You yeah, know. but still, like shocker, our best player is coming back, and all of a sudden we're five games out of the play-in, looking healthy, looking strong, looking like a tough out because – I don't care what. Oh, I get mad about it every time I think about it. I don't care what that ESPN Top 100 says. Jai is much better than the top 30 player in the league. Jai is a top 10 NBA basketball player. He comes back and shocker, the Grizz are good again.
1: Yeah, the so Grizzlies are on a five-game winning streak. They're now four and a half games out of the 10 seed. I believe we were six and a half out last week when we were yeah. talking, and seven games out of the six seed, which is not, which which bypasses the play-in, obviously. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, all you've still, they are 10 and 19, that's 29 games, quick math, tell me you got 53 games left uh, in the season to make up some games. I mean, that's doable. I mean, yeah, because one of the
0: things that's gonna change, Drew, we're two and eleven at home. And last year we had the best record in the NBA at home. Thirty six and five or That's not gonna six, stand. Yeah. That's not gonna stand. You got Ja back. There's gonna be a buzz in the forum again because like those games were dead. They were duds before Ja got there, right? I mean, we'll be honest, they were. Yeah. Jai's back, those games are gonna be loud, they're gonna be right. electric. We're not gonna finish the season below five hundred at home. We don't lose games at the groundhouse. We just had a tough start to the year, so we're two and eleven.
1: It kind of stinks that you know he comes back in three. Let's see, three, four, five. Uh, five of his first seven games are on the road, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then calendar turns over. You've got two home games, so mm-hmm. three, uh, two of seven games being at home. That's the first seven games. So tough. yeah, that gets rolling. I, I'm, I'm really. I'm I'm not worried at all at this point. You yeah.
0: Know? Yeah. I mean, we got a lot of great basketball ahead of us. A lot of good things are happening. We're, we're, you know, everybody's starting to get healthy. Like, we're not far from having Luke Kennard back, you know, at full speed. Marcus Smart looked very healthy last night. He moved well. He didn't look like he was slowed down much by that injury. You know, you start getting guys like Derrick Rose healthy. You start getting our team healthy down the stretch. I mean, watch out, Western Conference. We coming, man. We coming.
1: Yeah. Uh, we do need to talk some football because mm-hmm. one of our football teams plays – This weekend, yeah, and that is my team. Mm. The Ole Miss Rebels go to Atlanta, Georgia, to play Penn State Nittany Lions, whatever a Nittany is, Mm -hmm. in the Chick Fil A Peach Bowl at 11 a.m. on Saturday. Uh, Vegas, uh, according to ESPN Bet, which we all know how. We feel about how our uh, our mm-hmm. cable network and owner of college sports having a sports book feels. But I digress. They have the Penn State Nittany lines, a four and a half point favorite in this game, which to me seems kind of wild.
0: That is a little wild.
1: Um, it it kind of feels like, gosh, you know, it kind of feels like a slap in the face. Like they may know something that I don't. Right. Uh, because so far, Ole Miss has only had one player opt-out of the peach bowl and mm. you look around college the landscape altogether there's seems to be more opt-outs than opt-ins right it's like you need to you need to write articles about who has decided to play in the bowl game right. and who has decided not to yeah. uh penn state has lost uh th- two or three contributors one is going to be like first round pick off their defensive line um And so, I mean, yeah, I'm excited. I don't really know. I'm going to say Ole Miss is going to win, obviously. Uh, Ole Miss is riding an all-time high right now. My man Walter Nolan gave me my first Christmas present of the year on Christmas Eve, deciding to commit to the Rebs, to come to the SIP and play defensive line for my Ole Miss Rebels. And um, you're going to have Tyler barron and Prince uh, from Florida on the outside of that defensive line, Walter Nolan directly in the middle of it, and they are just going to wreak havoc. I'm not going to go as far as to say, and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, we have a very important bowl game coming up. but <laughs> they matter all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, they, I've all, uh,
0: I'm right, not going to get right, ahead of right. myself.
1: These always matter. The good ones matter. Mm. Not your mayo bowl game. <laughs> uh uh. But I'm not going to say that Ole Miss is going to win a national championship next year. I will not say it. We may lose in the championship game. (laughs) But (laughs) but we may. (laughs) It's getting deep in here. (laughs) So, uh, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of people wondering where Ole Miss is getting their money. And all I've got to say is, you know, I don't know. Oh no! But I like it. <laughs> <And so laughs> they, it's obviously you've got this mindset, and Ole Miss went ten and two this year. Your two losses are at Alabama and at Georgia. Okay, you. It was obvious in both of those games that you can be ten and two good and not sniff a national championship. And it seems like Lane Kiffin decided, "What are we here for? We're going for broke." And he rallied the troops, and he said, "I've got a return. I've got a third year returning quarterback. I've got a a third year returning running back. I've got pieces all on this offense that are really proven SEC teams, uh, SEC players. I need a defense. If you do, you want to if, do you want to participate in a playoff? Do you want to really compete in the college football? If so, I need a defense." And it seems that they were given a blank checkbook and Pete Golden went to town. And if Pete Golden's known for one thing... It's recruiting. It's recruiting. I came on this podcast this year and said I thought I undervalued his coaching because I always thought he just got a job because he was an amazing recruiter. Turns out he's both. He's got the recruiting chops and he put together a heck of a defense this year uh, with the players that he had. You know, just didn't didn't have the hogs, you know? Um, and so I'm excited about next year already. Uh, but we've got a bowl game this week, this Saturday, win, lose, or draw. Uh, this season is a success. I hope they win because I hope they win every game. Uh, but I hope they win because I would love love to see an 11th win. Ole Miss has never seen an 11th win in a season before. Uh, and so that's, that's why I want to win. I think it's obvious that Ole Miss cares. Bowl games are about who cares, who participates in the game. Ole Miss has had one opt-out, a senior defensive lineman decided he was going to prepare for the senior bowl rather than go to the Peach Bowl, you know? Mm-hmm. A guy that doesn't really have many draft prospects anyways is kind of confusing. But um, I just uh, I think they care. I think that they're really trying to use this game to solidify They've they've had their name in the press a lot this last two weeks with transfer portal guys and the splash that they made with with new players coming off of a really great season that they've had. And I think they really want to put an exclamation point on it and really put a bow on it and an accelerant on the future of this program. I and mean, if you go and beat a top a perennial top fifteen school out of a major conference on on the 30th of this year in the peach bowl access bowl i mean you can't really script it any better going forward what else can you tell a recruit you know yeah you know we're not alabama and georgia but you know we're the next best thing and (laughs) if alabama Alabama georgia is calling you're probably not answering our phone calls anyways
0: right i mean you know that's a very logical place to end up old miss is definitely trending up positive trajectory you know and, and, a, and a, an access bowl win is only going to help that help that national brand awareness. Beating a team like Penn State that has another national brand awareness. Right. I mean it's 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 yeah it looks good. Both teams
1: have checkered pasts.
0: <laughs> That's it. <laughs> We're gonna leave that alone before we get this show canceled. Um. Yeah. I mean, you know, looking forward for state, we did well in uh in the transfer portal in the early signing season. You know, finished with the top thirty class. We we actually pulled some guys. I, Crystal balls and things are looking like Stanka Burnside is leaning towards coming coming to Mississippi State where he had originally committed. I think that that'd be a huge get. JJ Harrell was a huge get for us uh, out of high school, kicking, and you know, kick and play. That's we're 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 taking wins where we can right now and yeah. getting some good high school recruits and getting a top thirty class. in Levy's first class <clears throat> is huge. We still got the late signing period coming up. You know, again, like Stonka hadn't committed. There's a few other guys that we're looking yeah, at. Yeah, that's
1: but, weird. That mm-hmm. that is weird because he sent in his paperwork. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so no coach in the right mind is going to say, no, you just don't there. You're not going to commit on January 3rd and not leave us in the dark and we miss mm-hmm. out on everybody else. So there was some, there was a handshake agreement or something that said we won't leak it, but his paperwork is in at either Ole Miss or Mississippi or State. State. And I can't, I just can't believe it hadn't leaked out yet. That's I why I know. think it's Mississippi State.
0: Yeah. Keeping I, I it think, really, really close, yeah, which would be a phenomenal recruiting class at the receiver position, which we desperately needed help at, you know, for a couple of transfer quarterbacks coming in, kid from Baylor. Um, we need some help at the receiver position. We lost, uh, you know, Xavier went to LSU, and we were losing a lot of a lot of talent out there. Is
1: Austin um, Williams still there?
0: Uh, no, he finally <laughs> – 11 years later, he's finally graduated. This was our first season without 8'5", and so – uh, he's out probably selling insurance somewhere and making that, making, yeah. uh, making him and Jake Mangum. That's it, man. Just selling insurance. <laughs> hey, Mangum, no, Mangum's, uh, he recently got moved. He's, uh, he was with the Marlin, Is he Marlin? With the Marlins now. Yeah. He's in the Marlins, uh, double a now, but, but yeah, state's looking, you know, trending positively. Basketball's looking good. You know, we're back on our winning ways in in SEC basketball or in uh, in college basketball SEC hadn't started yet. Got some great news out of Tolu Smith looking like he might be coming back sooner than thought from that foot injury and you add that piece to a team that's already playing really well josh hubbard is one of the top 10 freshmen in the country that kid can just flat hoop to be so short um <laughs> things are looking Why good to bring that into <laughs> comparatively but things are looking good for the for the bulldogs basketball team that's for sure
1: yeah um Ole miss is still undefeated nothing's changed i mean still amazing uh beat southern miss in biloxi yeah. Uh, last weekend. Although, did you uh, see
0: it? Like, when it first got posted to ESPN, it was posted that Ole Miss had lost? I, no, I didn't. I saw it, and I was freaking out because obviously I didn't watch the game. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh. And then when I got on Twitter, I was going to see what happened, and I saw that it was an error.
1: Yeah. Uh, your top 25 ranked Ole Miss Rebels play the Bryant Bulldogs on New Year's Eve at 3 p.m. Nobody will watch that game Nobody. because you'll be watching uh, football, which I guess we can pick some uh, playoff games real quick. Yeah. Uh, then you start start the season on the road at number six tennessee on january the 6th uh so let's talk uh let's just run through uh win-loss on bowl games uh let me pull it up here um so uh we'll start with uh i'll just hit the high spots uh do you care anything do you have any opinions on arizona oklahoma not really arizona two and a half point favorite clemson kentucky play friday december the 29th in the gator bowl um
0: feels like a kentucky win
1: uh oregon state notre dame uh who cares missouri ohio state cotton bowl classic (sighs) friday the 29th uh in dallas texas at jerry world uh ohio state is a three-point favorite against missouri Mm -hmm.
0: Give me the Tigers, man. I, I you know, you've rocked state, with
1: them all year. I have to give I you have. credit.
0: Yeah. I'm, and I'm hanging with them one more time. You know, uh, Ohio state lost their quarterback. He is for inexplicably uh, unexplicably transferring to Syracuse. Uh, undoubtedly, the writing was on the wall. That he yeah. Wouldn't that's be there next it, year. that's, so that's, that's clearly yeah. what happened. Um, that Missouri defense is legit. Those two, you know, they got two really good receivers. They, they don't turn the ball over a ton. They're a tough They've team. They've got the man. best and running back in the SEC too. Absolutely. And Cody so 1500 yards say.
1: rushing 13 touchdowns.
0: I mean, kid is just a machine in the backfield. And so, I mean, it's, it's a great opportunity for them to stamp a really, really good season. You're right. I've rode with them all year. I've been high on Missouri all year. So I'm going to stick with them one more time. Give me them Tigers.
1: Yeah. I like that pig. I, I will actually be rooting for Missouri in that game. Always. You always uh,
0: root against Ohio State.
1: The 30th, uh, we've talked about Ole Miss-Penn State. You pick a Penn State? Of course. <laughs> <Okay.
0: laughs> course. Auburn-Maryland.
1: Uh, Auburn's a seven-point favorite in the Music City Bowl in Nashville, Tennessee.
0: I mean, probably Auburn, just because they're SEC.
1: Uh, the big one on the 30th, uh, Toledo-Wyoming in the Arizona mm. Bowl. The Barstool Sports man.
0: Arizona Bowl. That's going to be tough to pick. Uh, Wyoming is a
1: three-point favorite.
0: Give me the Cowboys. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: And Georgia-Florida State is actually on the third. Uh, Both of these teams, I mean, there's no Brock Bowers. There's no anybody from Florida State playing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Georgia is a 19-point favorite in the uh, Orange Bowl is in Miami at Hard Rock Stadium. Uh, Man, I'm going to be pulling hard for Florida State in that game. Yeah. I mean, give me the Knowles. I want a money line. I want them against the spread, and that's Dang. just what I. That's what I want. No, I don't think that's gonna happen because
0: no. Georgia's I mean, gonna beat the th- brakes off of Florida State.
1: No, I mean this. This uh, has what's his name the quarterback. Uh, he said he's coming back next year. Oh yeah, Carson uh, Carson back. So he's coming back. So I'm assuming he's playing, and then mm-hmm. Florida State's gonna be playing.
0: A kid from Covington, Tennessee. Ledermeyer
1: or whatever his name yeah, is. Yeah.
0: And like uh, they mustered like 65 yards of offense against yeah. Louisville. Man, like this has got Georgia, Hawaii written all over it where Georgia just beat Hawaii to a pulp. Like they're yeah. going to come in. They're going to be pissed because they lost. Like this, they're, you know, Kirby's mad. They don't want to be there, but he's going to have those dudes hyped, ready to play that game, go out and show them they made a mistake. And Florida State is going to be a lifeless victim by the end of the night. Yeah. <laughs> 19 might not be enough. I'm taking dogs outright, man. Yeah.
1: Uh, the first, uh, just quick thoughts. We're trying to wrap this up. Uh, Wisconsin LSU, LSU 10-point favorite. Tigers. Former Gator Bowl. Uh, Go, Tigers. Go Tigers. Liberty, Tigers. Oregon. Who cares? No Bo Nicks. Uh, still Oregon. <laughs> Iowa, Tennessee with no uh, Milton. Milton will not overthrow the Hawkeyes. That's
0: right. <laughs> it, yes, yeah, but They're going to play
1: that I'm Leva guy. Uh, yeah. the, the former number one recruit, apparently. The, the, the question 80, is $80,000, eight hundred thousand yeah. dollars.
0: The question is, will I have more punting or offensive yards in that game?
1: I hope I would beat some crap out of Tennessee. Yeah, uh playoff on, games. Man. That's the last thing we'll talk about. Uh Alabama, Michigan, Michigan a one and a half point favorite in the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all.
0: Hey Amen, listen, like this is a game. This is a <laughs> classic Nick Saving game where they're coming in, especially that now they're the underdogs. They're like, going to win this whole thing. I, I mean, think. they're going to win the whole daggum thing. I yep. told you last year after yep. the Georgia game, I said when David Pollack said that Georgia is now the class of college football yep. and Nick Saban did that side <laughs> eye look down at the floor, I told you, I think I texted you and I said on this podcast, <laughs> Alabama's yep. finna win the national championship <laughs> and they finna <laughs> do it. They're going to beat Michigan and it, like it might be close early, but Alabama's going to lean on them late. This is rat poison. This is Vegas's way of making sure Alabama wins by making them an underdog. Get right. out of here, man! Tied by ninety, they—they they yeah. got a chance of losing this
1: game. Well, you remember what happened? Michigan had an incredible season last year. They beat Ohio State. They ran through the Big Ten like they've done the last few years. Uh, then they ran up against TCU, and TCU drilled them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: No, no, that was a close game, but it was yes, yes. very high scoring. You know, well, very it was, it was ugly, they couldn't early. stop them. TCU yeah. jumped
0: out like twenty-one points early. And, and Michigan came back.
1: But yeah, and then just turned into a you know. A home run derby. That's it. You know? Uh I think Alabama wins, but I'm gonna tell you, I kinda want Michigan to win because I love a heel and Jim Harbaugh hey. is the best heel in college football. Yeah. You know, I love it. Did you see the picture floating around today of uh Jim Harbaugh and Nick Saban with Mickey Mouse in the middle at Disneyland in California? It was great. Oh my <laughs> like, god. No, like, oh, it Oh, it's perfect. They're both just you know, Saban is just not happy to be there, and Jim Harbaugh is just cheesing it up. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, give me Michigan. <laughs> I kind of just want to see him say, you know, throw the double birds to all of society and just
0: yeah, but do. You it. Know, yeah. I don't,
1: I don't think if I was putting money on it, I'm taking Bama, especially yeah. since they're underdogs.
0: You know? Yeah, Bama by ninety.
1: Yeah, uh, Texas, Washington, and the Allstate Sugar Bowl and the Mercedes-Benz Superdome in New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, Texas is a four point under, I mean, four point favorite,
0: according to ESPN bet. So I've been back and forth on this game. Initially, when these first came out, I'm like, Texas is going to win this game. It's going to be a slugfest. This game has potential to be one of the best college football games of the year. These offenses can score. These defenses are questionable. Like they can put some points up. This one might be like, uh, I think that was Michigan TCU last year. It was like 61 to 56 or something. Which is wild. This could very easily be that. And I've been high and bullish on Texas this entire time. But I'm changing my mind. Oh, really? I'm going to take the Huskies. I just I don't know, man, I believe in Michael Penix. Maybe this is partly a homer pick cuz of Dylan destiny-ish. Johnson. It feels it destiny is, man. They they snuck their way in. They played really good football. They beat Oregon twice, a good Oregon team.
1: Despite being undefeated, they were right. they were right.
0: counted out. Heavy
1: underdogs in the Pac-12. Championship they were what game was it a ten point already beaten? It yeah. was a
0: ten, They were a ten point underdog, yeah. and all they did was come out and punch Oregon Somehow, in the mouth.
1: An undefeated conference champion has bulletin board material. I, and, that's wild. Yeah, and, and I don't. want It can only go two ways. This is a great game that that Washington pulls out late, or they end up looking like those old Michigan State teams. Right, it's the only two ways it can go. I mean, that's I'm, it. I'm the way I'm pull. I'm rooting in two different ways here, like. To me, honestly, the best, the most fun matchup for the title game has to include Texas, because the name cachet: Alabama, Texas, Michigan, Texas. That that's sexy. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I love Michael Penix. I love yeah. watching. I've I've watched a lot of Washington this year. I I really root for them, and so I want Washington and. I want Washington to win, mm-hmm. but you know, just mainly because that yeah. makes me feel good. But the the matchup, Alabama Washington doesn't really excite me. You know, they played that you know? A couple get years Washington ago? doesn't really excite me. But
0: Alabama Washington played in the playoffs a few years ago, and Alabama beat the absolute crap out of them. And it's yeah. a different team. It's Jake Browning. It's a different team. Yeah. But like. Like what bet? It's a rematch. The only team to beat Alabama this year is Texas. It's like that. That draw That's alone sexy. tells me. The draw alone there tells me that if that Texas game is going close, to the
1: SEC next year,
0: if that game is close, like there's going to be some questionable calls that might influence Texas oh, to win that game. There is
1: no doubt at all that ESPN will tell Alabama, Texas.
0: 100. That's going to. The same s- reason why Alabama, and Texas are in the playoff. <laughs> That's it, man, and so if those games are close, you yeah. best believe Saban and, and Sarkeesian are going to get those calls, man, and, oh, it's, yeah. and it's a bummer because I would really like – I mean, I don't think – it's Alab- Alabama's going to win the whole daggum thing. I don't care who they right. play. But I would really like to see what Penix, Michael Penix Jr. can do against him because he's mobile, yeah. he's quick, he gives. I love like, Panic. Alabama's defenses have always struggled with mobile quarterbacks, and he's very mobile. He's got a great arm, good head on his shoulders. He doesn't turn the ball over. I'd love to see that.
1: Oh, I love it. And he goes for broke. He just yeah,
0: that's it. chucks it. And, you know? and again, like, they don't belong there. Even though they're undefeated, conference champs, they don't quote-unquote belong there. And so why not, man? Crap, go for it.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I kind of – if I could pick a champion, I'd pick Washington because it'd be poetic for the same reason Alabama and Texas being it facing off yeah. against each other with Texas coming to the uh, the SEC, it'd be just as poetic for a Pac twelve team to finally win a game in, in the college season. football playoff in their last season. Like totally. just it's like it's like God has his last laugh, you know. So. Um we do have one more thing
0: to get to. Uh the the closing of the show, right? Oh
1: God, I said go. I wasn't going to touch it Until after it was over Ladies and gentlemen on YouTube Don't break it The League of Avengers has a new champion <laughs> oh, I want you to I haven't got my, my name plaque in yet But I want you to count here There's my name right here That's one right here That's two And there will be one right here Which will be three If you can also count That's two, three, four, five. 7 8 years that we've had this league three of which the season ends and my name goes on the trophy that's <laughs> almost 50% of the time yeah. so like there are like there's either been nine or 11 other people in the league that go home sad every year because your boy wins half the time yeah. don't call to come back and I'm going to you know we've trained for this we we prepared <laughs> You know we're built for it. We're built for the long run. Jeez. Lots of people can say we we saw adversity here at Waddle Vision. We saw adversity when we took the number one pick of the draft, and everybody laughed at that. It, oh, it's collusion! It's just rigged that the commissioner were to get the number one pick of the draft. Well, then the commissioner picked the uh, the wide receiver that d- decided to break his leg halfway through the season. Okay. And this is a 12-team lead. There's 24 picks until I get to pick again. Rusty, you had two players before I had two players. Your two players obviously were not good enough because my <laughs> next two players and everybody else on my team pulled through for me. Not Darren Waller. He was my sixth pick of the draft. He came up limp. But who did come up big for me? My man, James Cook, last week with a 40-point performance. And this week, my man, Brees Hall. And I got to give a shout-out. There was a trade made. There's very few trades in the League of Avengers. I think we're all too stingy and we're all too skeptical of the other person. And we this is probably a uh, a lesson to all of you people who want to make a trade in fantasy football. Um, a trade between me and our good friend Brandon, a.k.a. Neasy Smith of Selmer, Tennessee, uh, decided to barter goods amongst our fantasy football teams. And I sent him one Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry, who I was embarrassed to even have on my team as an Ole Miss fan. Uh, Hunter Henry, who started two weeks into the fantasy football season, as the number one tight end in football. Um, And so I decided to to throw the dice a little bit. I traded Hunter Henry for my man, Brees Hall, one for one. Brees Hall had a terrible start to the season. Mm -hmm. Hunter Henry was incredible. But Brees Hall end of the season incredibly well he was a must start every single week in fantasy football and hunter henry ended up being the like 15th best tight end in football my man neasy finished in last place in the league of avengers and your boy finished in first yep the name's on the trophy three times for a reason rusty you know what that reason is i am amazing <laughs> nobody does it better and but a few people get lucky yeah, you know yeah, who yeah. got lucky last year, Rusty? Me. Rusty. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, for the first time in six, in five years, or the first time in three winners, the person who won did not repeat. Rusty, that yeah. was you. you <laughs> Mad break Titans. Streak. From the Mad 18, Titans. Yeah. 18 and 19, back-to-back winners. That was me. Nin- uh, 2021, 20, back-to-back winners. That was Hunter. 22, that was rusty. 23, not rusty.
0: <laughs> the Mad not Titans, r- man, we were we were counted out. We were one of the, like when the when the league started, we were like supposed to finish like ninth or tenth. And we won the regular season. Doesn't matter. We we fizzled out in the playoffs. Um uh, shout You're out America's to H- AJ. Uh, that's it, man. We needed I needed uh 19 from AJ Brown, and he got me 10. And it's like, man, like coming in, he had like 23, 26, 33. I'm like, they got this in the bag. And because our commish decided to change the rules to apply to him to where we only had one week playoffs this year instead of two, the Mad Titans fizzled out in the first game and we lost. But we we're going to finish in third and, you know, consolation prize. I guess we get the bronze trophy, the bronze medal. You're not. Doesn't matter. Nothing. Doesn't matter. You I, ain't shots at the commissioner. I ain't getting nothing. I'm going to finish yeah. in third and we're going to bounce back next year. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: honestly can't tell you what went wrong on that. Like I just restarted the league. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. But I can tell you what, I made a conscious decision because I started to let everybody know, like, hey, I'm fixing it. But then I, I was like, you know what, if I change it from how it's been all season and win, I'll never hear the end of it. So we're letting it ride, And, you know, what was said at the beginning of the season is how we're going to finish it. Yeah. It ain't my fault that you decided to lose by a half a point.
0: Uh, half was, a freaking point. Uh, I lost. A- I think I lost by like one. I think it was like one point two is what I ended yeah. up losing by.
1: And so uh, it was funny. I don't know if you saw yesterday, our man Zach Jones, who finished uh, in like eleventh place this yeah. year.
0: Yeah.
1: Or tenth place. Uh, rage dropped every single player on his team as soon as I didn't the season was that. over. That's funny. <laughs> he uh, Zach, <laughs> Zach Jones has a uh, a team that is solely made up of Patrick Mahomes, Alvin Kamara, and Tyreek Hill right now. <laughs> just rage quit. Everybody just rage fired everybody on his team. That's so, funny. Uh, <laughs> he said uh, starting new next year. So <laughs> rest this podcast has went on a little longer than we we've been accustomed to lately uh but it was jam-packed full of fun things to talk about so uh no harm no foul um
0: i've never needed a podcast like i needed it this week so grateful that we were here grateful we could get here and banter for a little bit and and hang out with you buddy man cheers to that drinking water you know yeah trying to stay hydrated yeah Mm -hmm. so
1: um catch us on uh catch us on the interwebs uh (laughs) apple podcast spotify watch us live on youtube uh, the number two bucks sports pod on all your platforms on Instagram uh, with the holidays coming on. Uh, we're doing some traveling. We're doing some different stuff. We'll get you a podcast next week. I'm not going to promise it's going to be on Tuesday night or Wednesday night, but we will get you one. We will fit it in here. Um, appreciate you guys uh, sticking with us. Hope everybody here, uh, everybody listening had a happy, a Merry Christmas and a safe Christmas. And I hope Santa brought you all the gifts that you wanted uh, and i hope everybody has a happy and safe new year as we get into the third calendar year of the two bucks sports podcast we've now almost Sweet. spanned three different years uh and so uh rusty if you don't have anything else uh we'll wander down
0: yes sir drew hit me with that line as we head out of here man We're yeah gonna Rusty, get get it rolling
1: play our music
0: there it is and everybody yes. have Enjoy a happy new, happy new year guys three two